are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, December 8th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcast, etc. It's all for free, and wherever you follow the show, you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, good morning everyone, and as always, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks and for making this show your first listen here to start your morning. On the show today, I'll be going over the Chicago Blackhawks 6-2 loss to the New York Rangers last night, their second loss to the Rangers in the last four days with Artemi Panarin carrying the way once again. The bread man just continues to light up his former team each and every time he gets an opportunity. And I'll also be sure to go over an update on forward Jujar Kara after a pretty scary incident occurred at the United Center last night on a hit from Rangers defenseman Jacob Truba, all right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But before I get started on the show, though, folks, a quick reminder that today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by Omaha Steaks, the best steak out there on the market. Order the perfect gift package today for just $99.99 at omahasteaks.com, and you'll also get eight free burgers when entering the promo code NHL. All right, before getting started this morning, folks, I also wanted to be sure, uh, first things first, I had to just apologize real quick for not having an episode come out yesterday to preview this contest against the New York Rangers, and I actually did have a crossover episode with uh, John Chick from Lockdown Rangers planned for Monday night, and I was super excited about doing that, but unfortunately... I had a very urgent family matter that I had to attend to late on a Monday night with a close relative passing the other day, which um, was super tough on my family. And it was also just a reminder that life just goes by pretty fast. So be sure to tell everyone in your life that you love them, folks, whenever you get an opportunity and just hold them extra tight because... You just never know. I mean, you just never know. Um, yeah, very tough day for my family the past couple of days. So um, I appreciate all the support. Appreciate the thoughts and prayers from everyone who reached out. Um, so yeah, I, I apologize for not being able to get an episode out yesterday, but family always comes first. And I also just really wasn't in the right state of mind to put out a podcast or to be talking about hockey. Um, but I have to get into this game between the Blackhawks and Rangers last night, the second and the final meeting between these two teams here in the regular season, which kind of sucks that the NHL is rushing in these West Western Conference versus Eastern Conference matchups, just like the Blackhawks and the Capitals here two times in two weeks uh, that they'll be meeting. Uh, the Blackhawks and Rangers ran through their season series in just four days 
And once again for the Blackhawks, just like in their meeting on Saturday with New York, there were a couple of key absences on their blue line, being without Jake McCabe, Connor Murphy, and Caleb Jones, three regulars on their back end when healthy. And McCabe first, interestingly enough, um, Jake McCabe was actually on the ice for the morning skate Tuesday morning after missing the back-to-back in New York due to a family matter. He he was uh, flown back to Chicago while the team was still in New York. But even though he was out there for the morning skate yesterday, I don't know what the reason was, but um, I, I guess he just wasn't able to go for the game itself later on in the night, which is quite unfortunate. And that was also the case for Connor Murphy as well. Uh, Murphy was back on the ice too for the Hawks morning skate, which first off is just a, a really great sign. It was great to see Murph back on the ice already after taking that big hit from uh, Alex Ovechkin in last Thursday's game versus the Capitals. Murphy was placed into concussion protocol following that hit, um, but clearly he's already feeling a little bit better or else he wouldn't have been back on the ice so soon. But even after some no, some clear progress, neither Murphy nor McCabe were able to suit up for the Hawks last night for the third consecutive game. And then they were also without Caleb Jones as well due to a non-COVID-related illness, which pretty bad timing there uh, for that to happen to Caleb. So once again, the Blackhawks were forced to play without a couple of their regulars on defense, and that just left Calvin DeHaan, Seth Jones, Riley Stillman, Eric Gustafson, and Ian Mitchell in the lineup, as well as Wyatt Kalanuck, who was actually recalled once again from Rockford, and the Hawks needed to do that in order to give them six defensemen for this game against the Rangers without three of their regulars, as I said. Uh, Kalanuck as I talked about on the show, was just sent down a couple of days ago with the team deciding to have Ian Mitchell stick around, but uh, they wound up needing Kalanuck a little bit sooner than they probably expected, hence him getting recalled earlier on in the afternoon on Tuesday. So having that depleted of a defense, I mean, definitely uh, didn't give the Blackhawks the best chance to pull off an upset against one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference right now, especially when facing a guy with superstar talent like Artemi Panarin. From start to finish in this one, folks, Artemi Panarin was obviously the best player on the ice. It really wasn't even close. And I was sitting there watching this game, literally thinking to myself about just how mad I was that we really traded this guy for Brandon Saad. And that honestly isn't even a bash on Brandon Saad because he's a really good player. Like, Brandon Saad honestly will probably never get the credit that he deserves. He is a really good second-line player. I really believe that. But he's just not even close to being on the level that the bread man is. I mean, he's just an absolute difference maker each and every time he's on the ice. And he really was the difference And the final outcome last night between these two teams, I mean, uh, another really impressive performance from the Breadman, and and he's just so gifted. I mean, the way he can shoot the puck, whether it be with a one-timer or, you know, just with the flick of the the wrist, uh, he also has that incredible ability to 
um, have eyes in the back of his head and always make something out of nothing. Uh, the playmaking is unreal. The skating's unreal. The stick handling. I mean, the Breadman is an absolute superstar. There's no other way to put it. And after just completely tearing up the Blackhawks last night, he finished with seven points in the two games against the Blackhawks these past four days. Oh my gosh. And it really seems like each and every time we play him, um, each and every time it seems like he's on a mission to ruin our night and to just remind the organization that they made an awful mistake by trading him. That's honestly what it feels like to me. And it really does hurt to watch. It hurts to watch the bread man light us up because, um, the Rangers, to their credit, they, they've done a really good job of being able to build off of Panarin's talent. While the Hawks, on the other hand, uh, they've been pretty much stuck in limbo over here and on the offensive side of things, really have struggled ever since he left. And and that's kind of what makes it hurt that much more, at least in my opinion, is is how we already had that dynamic duo, how we were the ones to discover Artemi Panarin's talent. But we decided that there wasn't any way that we were going to be able to make it work financially. Well, I guess let me rephrase that. Stan Bowman decided that there wasn't any way it was going to work financially. And, I mean, how can you not think about how terrible of a trade this was when you watch Artemi Panarin go and have a four-point game like... Ugh, it's so frustrating, and it, it seriously could go down as one of the most lopsided trades in Blackhawks history. And there have been some bad ones, folks, especially in the Dollar Bill Wirtz era. Um, and and that trade by Bowman, I think, I think it'll forever have me asking, you know, what could have happened here in Chicago had we kept Patrick Kane and Artemi Panarin together. All right, there are some quick thoughts on the Blackhawks' defense and Artemi Panarin continuing to dominate his former team last night. Coming up in just a minute, I'll be talking plenty more about the Breadman as I recap the Hawks' 6-2 loss at the United Center to the Rangers. But first, I need to talk to you all about Omaha Steaks. The holidays are right around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. But Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For just $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, You'll get chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. And when you use the code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steak Burgers for free with your order. We've all heard about the reports of shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait to be pla- don't wait to place your order. Order the perfect gift package today at OmahaSteaks.com, and you'll also get eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword NHL. I also need to talk to you all about Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, 
and you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for just 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the the, the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out today. And... Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offer slash coverage not available everywhere or for all phone slash networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into the game itself last night against the Rangers for segment two here on the show. The first period, actually, to much surprise, folks, had uh, a lot more going on than we've seen in recent game recent games from the Chicago Blackhawks. And just one minute in, former Hawk Artemi Panarin already had his skill set on full display as he made a nifty feed to find Jacob Trubo wide open at the right point. It was a, a total breakdown in coverage by the Blackhawks. Both Kane and Riley Stillman took Breadman in coverage. Truba gets all alone at the right point, was able to walk in freely, and beats Flurry with a wrister to give the Rangers an early one to nothing lead. And that was actually, believe it or not, the first goal that the Blackhawks have surrendered in the first period since Black Friday's game against the St. Louis Blues nearly two weeks ago. Some really impressive strides have undoubtedly been made by the Hawks in the opening 20 minutes, but uh, they just kind of weren't ready right out of the gate last night against New York. But fortunately, after that goal by Truba, I think uh, it kind of made the Blackhawks wake up a little bit and made them come to their senses as they wound up responding less than a minute later to tie the game 1-1. to And Dominic Kubelik, of all people, who's uh, normally a winger, but was forced to come into the faceoff dot after Henrik Borgstrom was tossed out. But regardless, Kubelik manages to sweep the puck back to the point, and uh, Eric Gustafson just kind of flicked an innocent-looking shot on net, but it wound up beating Georgiev for Gustafson's first goal of the season and his first since way back in February when he was still a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. So it's been quite a while for Gust. Uh, and finally. The Blackhawks get some offensive help from a defenseman that isn't named Seth Jones. (laughs) Seth has really been the one carrying the entire load on the back end for the Blackhawks offensively so far this season. Nice to see Eric Gustafson finally get into the goal column. But it all started with an offensive zone win at the faceoff dot. And even though it wasn't from a center, you know, those are the plays you love to see. The Blackhawks find a way to win that one. They get some help from Borgstrom uh, as well on the wing. I still think that Kubelik and Borgstrom probably both should have been given assists on this play. Uh, At this moment, it's still being ruled unassisted uh, for Gustafson's first of the year. I think that should have changed. I don't know if it's going to at this point now that it's already Wednesday morning. 
But a great, you know, grind, grindy little play by the Blackhawks in the offensive zone. They take advantage of a bad icing by the Rangers. And those are the simple plays that the Blackhawks need to be executing more frequently, especially considering how much they struggle to create, you know, off the cycle and in transition. Win a faceoff, take advantage of a mistake by your opponent, win a draw, and just fire a puck on that. Good things happen, as Eddie Olchek loves to say. And an offensive zone faceoff, uh, offensive zone faceoff win is exactly how the Blackhawks also managed to take the lead later on in the first period as well. And this time, Dylan Strom was the one to get it done at the dot. He wins a drawback. Eventually, the puck finds Kirby Doc in front of the net, and Kirby stuffs one past Georgiev's pad for his first goal since October 27th versus Detroit. Well over a month for Kirby to put the Blackhawks ahead 2-1. to one. A huge fist pump from Doc. It's actually goal number four on the season for him. You wouldn't have believed it uh, with the way he's been playing as of late. But it's been, a, it's been a long time coming for the kid. I, I'm sure it felt really good for him to finally get the monkey off his back. And everyone's been talking for weeks now about Doc's scoring issues and how they certainly haven't, haven't been helping this offense's cause. Uh, hopefully this will start to open the floodgates a little bit for him because uh, Doc, I mean, he's had his opportunities. He's still being reluctant to shoot the puck, but finally is able to cash in for one here. He was so freaking due. I mean, oh, I had to feel so good for the kid. Um, but yeah, hopefully that's one that will get him kickstarted because he actually got off to a pretty hot start in the first couple of games, but ever since, it's been tough sledding for number 77 on the Hawks. Alex Dabrinkit, by the way, also was able to extend his point streak to four games with an assist on that goal from Doc. Dabrinkit just continues to find ways to get on the stat sheet night in and night out. So even though the Blackhawks allowed a goal in the first period for the first time in their last five games, I thought they responded really well early on, and uh, I really liked their ability just to execute the simple plays, take advantage of the Rangers icing the puck, winning a couple of offensive zone faceoffs, exactly the type of plays that they need to be better at and, and need to be taking advantage of more consistently in order to keep things heading in the right direction. But another common trend for the Hawks as of late, sadly, just like their strong first periods, has been their ability, uh, or I should say their inability, to keep it up after the first intermission. The second periods under Derrick King, for whatever reason, have been their worst as a team by far. And uh, I'm not really sure what to make of this, or I'm not really sure why this just continues to be the case for this team, because uh, you would think... If it's a mentality thing, then you would think it would be affecting the way that the Blackhawks come out of the gate and play in the first periods when uh, they've been very impressive in the opening 20 minutes under King so far. And if you were to chalk it up to their inability to make changes during the first intermission, then you would also have to think that it would likely affect the way that they play in the third period and late in games. But neither of those seem to be the case. The Blackhawks have been really good in the first, and they've found ways to claw their way back in the third and to uh, at least get games into overtime in the shootout. And, and most of the times, the Blackhawks have been analytically the better team in the third period. So, I don't know. 
I'm not sure what the reason is, but the second periods undoubtedly have, have not been as clean for the Blackhawks as the rest of the game. And once again, just a couple of minutes in, just like the game on Saturday against the Rangers, uh, it took him only a couple of minutes into the period to strike. Mika Zabinijad makes just a, a great touch pass in between his legs over to who else but Artemi Panarin. The Breadman beats Flurry with a shot. No real chance for Flower on this one to tie the game 2-2 on the power play for New York. And again, the Blackhawks let all their great work in the first period be for not in the second, which is something they definitely are going to have to change if they want to have better results in the future. They need, you know, they've improved their first and their third periods, but they need to have that 60-minute effort. And right now, uh, their lackluster second periods are really costing them. And then in the third period, with the game still tied 2-2 two to two after 40 minutes, once again, just like they did in the second period, the Rangers get a power play chance early on, and they went on to make the Blackhawks pay for it. Chris Kreider got a piece of Adam Fox's shot from the blue line. He tips the puck past Flurry for the Rangers' second power play goal of the game, putting them ahead 3-2 to two early on in the third, and the special teams really wound up making all the difference in the final outcome last night, folks. If you go and look at the even strength numbers, most of them are either pretty even or actually are in slight favor of the Blackhawks, but the special teams, I mean, really killed them. The penalty kill went 0-2 last night. The Rangers scored on both their man advantage chances. The Hawks have now given up a power play goal in three consecutive games, and their own power play went 0-4 on the night and uh, really didn't generate all that much on any of their chances. And after that goal by Chris Kreider early on in the period, the Blackhawks uh, just weren't able to respond very well. It kind of seemed like the game was already over at that point, honestly. And uh, the Rangers added a couple just to add some uh, insult to injury. Kevin Rooney gets a goal with about eight minutes to go after the Blackhawks just kind of completely lost him in coverage. That made it 4-2. to two. Uh, the Blackhawks pull Marc-Andre Fleury with three and a half minutes to go. Didn't take long for Artemi Panarin to add the empty netter for his second goal of the game and fourth point as well. That made it 5-2. to two. And then just for good mu uh, good measure, Barkley Goudreau scored one more to pad his stats. Maybe it'll get him an extra chunk of change on his next contract. And that made the final score 6-2. to two in favor of the Rangers, and the Blackhawks probably weren't as bad as the final score would indicate in this one, but the lack of offense, I mean, it's absolutely just baffling at this point. Only two goals yet again from the Hawks, and you can't expect Marc-Andre Fleury to be Stonewall Jackson back there each and every night. You gotta score more goals, and only twice this year have the Blackhawks scored more than three goals in a game without the shootout. Two games this year, the Blackhawks have four goals or more. Unbelievable. A brutal third period leads to their second defeat to the hands of the Rangers in just four days, and that drops their record down now to 9-14-2 through 25 games here on the season. 
Alright, there is a recap of last night's 6-2 loss to the New York Rangers. Coming up in just a minute, I'll provide the latest updates on forward Jujar Kara after a scary incident occurred in the second period last night at the United Center. But first, I need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season on more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season in the NFL and the NCAA march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head on over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our exclusive promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive your bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks. The last thing I wanted to talk about on the show this morning before I wrap things up is the latest update on Blackhawks forward Jujar Kara, who took uh, a really scary hit up high by either, I still couldn't tell if it was the shoulder or the elbow from Rangers defenseman Jacob Truba, um, but a really scary scene here at the UC. Kara appeared to be knocked unconscious while still in the air following contact and then slammed onto the ice without any body movement after. It was, I mean, an extremely scary situation. The paramedics were rushed onto the ice. Uh, They had to go and get the stretcher while Carroll was just laying flat. I mean, the entire time he was down, I did not see... Jujar Kara move a muscle. It, it was really scary. And I, I had never seen someone go that stiff for that amount of time out there on the ice. I mean, very, very scary. And I honestly wasn't sure if he was even breathing out there. Um, Man, it was hard to focus on the rest of the game after seeing that happen. And um, considering how the rest of the game played out, after that hit by Kara, uh, I don't think it was very easy for the Blackhawks to to go out there and play the rest of rest of the game after seeing what just happened to one of their teammates. And Jonathan Taze even spoke about the situation after the game, and it was pretty clear that he was shaken up and pretty emotional due to what had just happened. And also, the Blackhawks already have canceled practice for this morning, so I think they just want to give the players some time here to get their minds right and everything before they head north of the border to take on the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday. So I really do believe that this that this incident um, played a factor the rest of the way for the Hawks and kind of left them, left them shaken up, and I think it's a big reason why there wasn't a whole lot of fight down the stretch uh, on a positive note, there have been some updates on Jujar Kara that suggests he's heading in the right direction. Kara was reportedly taken to Northwestern Hospital during the game, and uh, after head coach Derek King said that Kara was uh, said to be talking and 
very responsive at the hospital. So definitely some good updates there. Some more tests are obviously going to have to be run. Um, but definitely glad to hear that Jujar Kara is responsive at the moment and ha- and has re- uh, regained consciousness. And being someone that's dealt with several concussion issues in the past and also someone who's been knocked unconscious on the ice in the past, um, it makes the situation all the more scary for Jujar Kara. And just knowing that he has a history of concussions, um, his health, I mean, 1,000% has to come first and foremost before anything else has to make sure he takes the proper amount of time to recover here and doesn't rush himself back onto the ice or anything. It's so important for his future, so important for him to to get all the treatment that he needs. As I said, he's had several concussions in the past, 